Welcome to the Dietitian Boss Podcast. I'm your co-host, Yaw Borchi, dietetic student and couples weight loss specialist. As your guest host, I'm interviewing dietitian bosses and sharing their amazing stories to inspire you to take action and create a six-figure income using social media marketing. All right, welcome to the Dietitian Boss Podcast. I'm here with Aiten Sulahi, a researcher, food policy advocate, nutrition coach, on a mission to help people and the planet through food. After nearly a decade in medical research, Aiten left her job and moved across the country to follow her true passions to develop and advocate for food and nutrition programs that sustain human, ecological, and communal well-being. Since completing her Master's of Science in Food and Nutrition Policy and Programs and her Didactic Program in Dietetics in Boston, Aiten has founded an international food and climate justice organization that leverages the unique role of food and nutrition nutrition professionals to cultivate a more just, regenerative, and climate-resilient food future for all. It's called the Planetary Health Collective. Applying these same values, I10 has also launched an eco-friendly six-week nutrition coaching program to help women heal their gut and restore natural energy without sacrificing their joy or culture of food. You can find I10 on her Instagram at planetary.nutritionist and on her website, www.planetarynutritionist.com. You can also join the Planetary Health Collective today at www.planetaryhealthcollective.org. Amazing. I'm so interested to learn more about you, I10. I would like to start off first by asking you, what is your nutrition philosophy? So happy to be here, yeah. My nutrition philosophy is essentially that nutrition is a super powerful tool for healing beyond just at the personal level. And we know that nutrition and food are integral at the individual level, but I also see food as a tool for healing at the communal and planetary levels as well. And I believe that my role as a nutrition professional is to do the absolute best that I can to extend the reach of my impact to make sure that the way that I use nutrition is as inclusive as possible by meeting my clients where they're at and by incorporating their values and identity into my approach. So I kind of stitch all of these things together by providing an offer to my clients that is both behaviorally and environmentally sustainable in order to help them reconnect with their bodies, with their environment, and to do it in a way that maintains their joy. I love that you really focus in on making sure your program provides your clients joy. I think that's approach that a lot of people can stand with. So I commend you for definitely giving your clients that experience. (laughs) And, And how do you approach your goals in business? Tell me. So I'm relatively new to business. I just started my business this summer. And as a fellow student, you probably went through a similar thing that I did in thinking like, I absolutely have to wait until I'm done with my DI and everything before I can start my business. For a long time, I told myself that. And then I came across Libby and I was like, oh, I don't actually have to do that. That's really cool. Like, let me get started now. So what I did and what I think is a really awesome way to approach goals in your business is by starting off the ideal week model. This is something that Libby shares in her program, but just start off by looking at what your week looks like right now. What kinds of activities and you know meetings, work are you pouring your energy into? And what would you like your week to look like instead? How many hours do you want to be spending one-on-one working with clients versus creating content versus engaging in advocacy versus, you know, all of that and just spend that time visualizing and mapping out what your ideal week would look like and then start taking action steps towards making that a reality. So 
for me, since I'm so nascent in my business, like that was the very first goal that I set for myself was to like really start charging towards what my ideal week would look like. Oh, that's so helpful. I think a lot of people could resonate with feeling unsure about how to get started. And I love your simple tip that you should just approach it by first seeing where your time blocks are and scheduling the things that you're aligned with and that are going to help you obviously meet your, reach your money goals too, which is helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. So can you tell us more about your journey that with starting to grow your practice? I know you said you just started this summer. So can you like divulge a little bit more to the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been working on building up the Planetary Health Collective, which you did such a great job of explaining in the intro here. And I knew that I wanted my one-on-one coaching style to kind of reflect those values of you know environmental consciousness without any judgment at all of where you are in that process. Um, and also like some personal health goal attached to that because I, you know, like nutrition is so personal and I think it comes very naturally for people to think of nutrition in a personal way. So what I wanted with my coaching to do is to honor that personal relationship that we all have with food while also encouraging this more connected and planetary perspective alongside of it. So it was as simple as I reached out to Libby and I was like, are you sure I can do this if I'm a student? <laughs> and she was like, you could definitely do this if you're a student. And we talked through, you know, what nutrition coaching looks like. And I signed on to do the program with her. And one of the things that we had to do very early on was to set a goal for, you know, what's the number of clients that you would want to get by the end of the month? Or, you know, how much money do you want to make by the end of the month? And I set a goal that was, I was like, if I made $500 this summer, I would be so, so happy but I ended up making around 2000 within the first three weeks of posting my first thing on Instagram, sharing what my program was going to look like. So it kind of just like the second we put it out there, it just kicked off. And it's, it's been so gratifying to see that this is having such an impact in people's lives and that it's actually resonating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kudos to you. It says a lot about messaging, which is a lot of what we talk about in the program is being clear on that message. And obviously Mm -hmm. your message really resonated with a lot of people to be able to exceed your $500 minimum goal and get 2003 weeks. That's major. You're definitely an inspiration (laughs) for fellow students who are wondering if this is something they can do. So I hope those who are listening are inspired by you to really just get going and have bigger goals because you, you never know what you can accomplish when you put your mind to it. (laughs) So because your messaging obviously is resonating with so many people, I'm really curious what ultimately allowed you to get really clear about your ideal client, especially with your really targeted messaging around environment and personal health goals. What was that process like? Yeah, I think that the people who always have the strongest messaging and the strongest impact on their clients are people who share their felt experience, their lived experience, and come from a place of authenticity in their messaging. So I spent some time reflecting on all the things that I wish I had known and that I wish I had done when I was trying to resolve my own digestive issues. I had the same experience that most GI people have. They go to the doctor, the doctor basically ignores, you know, I'm not saying anything, like obviously go see your doctor. (laughs) But a lot of people have this shared experience that, you know, like my needs and my concerns were somewhat dismissed. And I had to do a little bit of digging on my own. And what ended up being like a three year long journey for me to figure out what my own food triggers were, 
could be done in such a shorter time frame. And I, and I just encourage people to try to find that clarity or to skip the part where you're wasting all the time and you're feeling unsupported and you're reading all this misinformation and just go directly to a source that has been there, done that, figured it out, knows the signs and also respects your own individual approach and culture and joy and food. Do that instead. Because what I did was so much longer and so much more painful than that. And so I wanted to reflect on my own experience integrate that with, you know, this concept of your food choices being <laughs> connected to the natural systems that we rely on to survive. Yeah. So that's what I ended up doing. And it also helped that I actually knew a handful of people who had very similar, you know, digestive concerns as me and also wanted to integrate, you know, how do I figure out how to get to the bottom of my gut issues live a joyful life, eat foods that I still love, but also make sure that I'm doing my part for the planet. So I was able to model my ideal client and my niche kind of off of what those people told me they needed. So I would say, you know, reflecting on your own experience is very important, but then also taking the time to talk to people who fit your niche or your avatar, whatever it is, is crucial. Awesome. I tend, I think that's so profound what you said to hear the, the path that you took, starting with yourself and reflecting on your own journey and then moving towards some market research is what I'm hearing and asking people who also suffered with similar issues, having experiences with people in the health community that didn't really listen to them. I think that's something people can resonate with. And that's great that you were able to see that and find that that messaging was going to be really important part of the process in you getting clients. So thank you for sharing that. And what would you say has changed in your business or marketing once you really got more clear and your messaging and understanding your ideal client? So can you kind of walk us through what that process looks like after you got clear? I'm definitely somebody who spends a lot of time overthinking things <laughs> and getting lost in all of the information that I could be sharing. So finally having the clarity of exactly what pain points I was going to hone in on, what I wanted to offer my clients was so integral and wasting less time trying to come up with the right messaging to share with my clients. I mean, like I would just sit at my computer and write like blog posts instead of captions. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's information overload for me. It's probably information overload for other people. It's not, you know, so it really helped me to hone in my messaging on Instagram posts and on my website. And I also think that it really helps to know that your marketing content is meant to be a conversation with one person. So instead of trying to talk to everybody at the same time, which is just impossible, uh, just focused on talking to the person who I perceive as my ideal client. And my ideal client happens to be an actual person that I know. So it was kind of easy to like model that conversational style based on prior conversations that I had had with that individual, which is was super, super helpful. And it freed me. And I also think that having an idea of who my avatar was gave me the freedom to like share posts that market my business, but also still sprinkle in the pieces of like advocacy information and food justice and anti-hunger activism and environmental initiatives that I'm involved in so that people still know like, this is how you can get involved in these things. If you're not somebody who's right now looking for nutrition coaching, but you care about those things, 
I really think it's important to make sure that you're authentic in everything you're doing. And for me, that's kind of what authenticity looks like. Amazing. Some of the key things that I took away from what you said is just being less of an overthinker and more of an action taker who focuses on one thing and that's speaking to one person. I think that's a very powerful tip. And to really be succinct in how you deliver that. Uh, I love the create a caption, not a blog post. So (laughs) those very valuable insights. And the last thing that I took away also was the importance of offering something and that, that something is if you can't join my program, here are some things you can do that are aligned with my vision and value. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. very, very good stuff. So <laughs> on the topic of business and selling and marketing, how do you use Instagram to market and sell your service? For me, it's been about staying true to who I am while I'm still crafting what I offer in my program and in my content. And so the people who've chosen to work with me have been drawn to me because they kind of get to know who I am by me showing that in my content, not just trying to sell them something, but sharing information and being a true resource for them. So in terms of my marketing, I use my Instagram to share my nutrition philosophies and help people just get to know me and what my offering looks like. I just, I never follow a cookie cutter process. I've never been like a cookie cutter person in general with anything. So like for my Instagram, like I mentioned, I want it to reflect my personality and the knowledge that I've garnered over a decade of medical research, food policy, advocacy, and nutrition programming. So I make sure that I stitch in, you know, bits about my life and who I am while also making sure that I'm focusing on the content that my client wants to see. It's not about me. It's about people want to know who it is that they're giving their time, energy, money too. So that's part of it. But the rest of it is discussing what my ideal client's biggest pain points are. And also just sharing their wins because I'm perpetually amazed by my clients and sharing all of the ways that, you know, this program that I offer is changing their lives is just a life changing for me. (laughs) Yeah, that's incredible. I think that's really important that you mentioned the importance of making sure your messaging is helping them. It's providing a solution. And part of that is just understanding where their pains are and you just going up, showing up to Instagram and addressing them. And of course, not only talking about the problem, but sharing the wins and solutions. Mm -hmm. I think that's amazing, amazing stuff. (laughs) And what's your process for creating this content? So the first thing, and this is definitely something that Libby has helped me with, is focusing on what my clients want to see. So I found that for me, the people who end up working with me have two primary pain points. And I think that going through the exercise of figuring out what people's like top one and two pain points are is absolutely essential. And for my clients, that's misinformation and process. They want to know what is the way to get from A to B and what information it is like valid. Where can I put my trust as a person who is like seeing way too much information on Instagram from way too many different sources? (laughs) So what I kind of end up doing is I look at other Instagram posts in the gut health space and I look to see in the comments, you know, what are people asking questions about? What are they confused about? What are people feeling like they're wasting their time on? And yeah, so that's kind of where I look. Comments and Instagram posts are such valuable information. So if you see that a number of people are having an issue with, you know, they're taking some supplement that they were told is going to change their gut health and it hasn't done anything for them, write a post about that supplement or something, you know, it's great because then you can also save your clients money, (laughs) which is awesome. So that's one thing that I do. And then 
I just kind of try to make sure that I'm also checking in on things outside of the gut health space. So if I see that there's, for example, when the quarantine situation started, there was a lot of uh, talk about like processed foods, canned foods, a lot of kind of like shaming around, oh, you should only be eating fresh organic foods. It's, it's the way to quote unquote, boost your immune system, something like that. And there was just a lot of I don't know, tension around what people can reasonably afford and access in order to sustain their health. So noting the trends that are arising on social media around certain topics, being aware of them and addressing them in your own way also positions you as somebody who is actually paying attention. And I think that that for me is really important for my clients to know that I'm paying attention to those things and for them regardless of their financial status. Amazing, amazing advice. I think those who are out there that are struggling to figure out where do I come up with these content ideas that address my client's biggest pain point, you provided two amazing solutions. One, go to the captions, look at, read the captions, but look at the comments rather of pages that are really connected to your brand and what you're working towards and see how you can take that information and turn it into posts. I love that. And second, see what the trends are and chase the trends and create content. Really helpful stuff. So when it comes to getting clients on Instagram, what has been your biggest struggle to get them and how did you turn that around? This is an easy one for me. My biggest struggle has been consistency with posting on social media. And I know it is so, so important to stay consistent on Instagram so that your audience can trust you and knows that you're there and they can rely on you for the kind of information that they go to you for. And this is just hard for me because I'm definitely somebody who experiences that social media and technology fatigue. (laughs) And I know this is like such a common experience. And I feel kind of lucky that my ideal client is also somebody that I know needs to unplug and, you know, do self-care and experience nature and not be looking at a screen all day. So when I share something in a story like, hey, I'm going to be taking like a little break from Instagram, message me if you have any questions, you know, something like that. I'm still communicating with my ideal client. And it's actually something that they have told me they appreciate because it shows your humanity as somebody on the other side of a phone screen. If, you know, if there's like automated posts that are going out three times a day, every day, sometimes people can feel like it's robotic. So showing that like human side of you, I think is really important. Being a little bit vulnerable about it, I think is also just being honest. It's, it's, it's really good. But when I'm not like consistently posting on my feed, I still make sure that I am sharing things on my story And I still show up on my story because to me, that's a really good way to still stay plugged in with my people. And if they have questions for me, if something arises, they know I'm there. I'm not completely unreachable. So that's kind of how I've turned that around. Yeah, I love that. The consistency is the name of the game. I think it's wonderful that you yourself hold yourself to a standard, but not so much that it takes away from you being human. I like that you also let them know when, hey, I'm taking a break and they recognize Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. you're human. So that's awesome. <laughs> be consistent, but also realize that you are a human if you have to take a break. That's helpful advice. <laughs> and with respect to your offer, what has been the biggest challenge and what has been surprisingly easier than you expected? So the biggest challenge I think was actually crafting and perfecting the offer that I was providing people because, you know, like all nutrition professionals, I definitely am a little bit of a perfectionist. So putting together like the ebook and the coaching 
curriculum and all the things that I was going to go over with my clients in this program took me a lot of time and love and effort and energy. And I'm like, I'm so happy with the final product, but I would say that was definitely the part that took the most time and was the biggest challenge to do. So worth it though. So worth putting in the time for that because your clients are going to be happier at the end of the day. You're going to be happier. It makes everybody happier. And the thing that I was really shocked about was that like the moment, like after I put that together, the moment that I shared on Instagram that I was accepting clients, I had six discovery calls that week. And I thought that it was going to be like, okay, maybe something will like trickle in. Like it's not going to, it's not going to happen that fast. But I was a little bit like, whoa, (laughs) this is happening really fast. Am I ready? And yeah, I, I think that like something that Another thing that Libya said that's impacted my approach is like to start before you're ready and just adapt. And that is like the best advice to give to a perfectionist overthinker <laughs> because you kind of like figure things out as you as you go. So I was just stunned at how quickly I locked down clients, got discovery calls and exceeded my sales goals with this approach. So cool. I love the fact that you gave that advice for overthinkers. I think a lot of the listeners can relate to that. So I hope they mm-hmm. that piece of advice and just take action and figure it out later to heart. So now that you have been able to bring in the sales, how has your sales approach changed? So like now versus when you first started, cause you kind of hinted at it and yeah. sends in. So tell us. Yeah. I have always like had this in my head that I'm a terrible salesperson. Like I cannot sell people on anything. I feel so slimy doing it. And because I had just a different idea of what sales looked like and I had had interactions with people who were quote unquote really salesy and it really doesn't work for me, my personality style when I feel like somebody is trying to push something on me. So for me, a shift in mindset is what really did it. I don't approach my sales calls as sales calls. I approach them as like very genuine conversations where I actually want to get to know the other person on the other end of the line and find out what their story is, try to try to find the little gem that led them to scheduling that discovery call with me and really focusing in on that instead of a sale. Because I think if you go into a sales call with like achieving a sale at the end of it, that's going to come off as that slimy salesy feeling that people get. But if you go into it actually wanting to get to know why that person thinks that you are uniquely suited to help them solve their problem, that's the way to do it. So for me authenticity again has been key in the way that I conduct my discovery calls. Amazing. Just hearing about your mindset shift while still being your authentic self. I love that you really paired those two together because it's because of that pairing that you're able to reach your success so early on in your business. So I commend you for seeing the value and changing your mindset. And we talked about money earlier, but for those of the people listening that wanted to maybe hear more of a breakdown, Mm -hmm. tell us like how much you've made and what's your next goal and your long-term money goals. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's so great to have some transparency talking about money goals. I think that's something that people are women, especially are not encouraged to do. So like, let's get into it. (laughs) My original goal Um, for the whole summer, three months was $500. And I don't know why I said it that low, but I was just, you know, I was just wanting to start with something that I thought was maybe achievable. And then with three weeks of sharing my first post about my one-on-one coaching program, I ended up making slightly over 2K 
three weeks. I mean, that's just not at all what I was expecting would happen. So I was thinking like, oh, I'm just going to revisit my money goal at the end of the summer. So I'll figure it out in September. And I was like, whoa, I actually need to, (laughs) I need to figure this out now. And then something that I think is like cool to note about that is I always thought you had to have a really big audience to make those kinds of sales. And at the time that I did, I had something like 800 followers, like not that much. It's again, all about like, I think honing in that niche and making sure that you are talking to a very specific person who's going to resonate with you. I think that's what really helped me. So my next goal is to maybe double my earnings by September to around 4K. That would be really cool to get a 4K month in by the end of the summer. And then my ultimate goal, like long, long term, is to be offering more frequent small group coaching programs and maybe a membership site or something like that to exceed 10K months. So weird to say out loud, but that would be awesome. (laughs) Amazing. I love that you started the conversation talking about how women are often too afraid to talk about money goals and to hear you share those numbers with confidence and share how you worked through your issues with these money goals and setting yourself, setting your expectations too low and then learning that, wow, you really can do this when you put your mind to it and you can make 10K months and it not sound weird coming out of your mouth. (laughs) Yeah, right. That's awesome. So outside of that, I just wanted to know a little bit more about showing your face because a lot of people are hearing this, right? We're hearing, okay, you have to create content. You have to speak to your IC, your ideal client, but that also involves showing your face and getting out (laughs) there. So can you like share a little bit about how you put yourself out there and how that has evolved with your practice? Totally. I used to feel so weird about showing my face on social media. I don't, I don't know why. I mean, it's, it's a silly thing because it's intended to be social, social media for a reason. I have completely changed my opinion about that. I see it now as a way to actually feel closer to people who are interested in working with me in that authentic way that I've mentioned a handful of times now it's really easy to hide behind like a post that doesn't have your face in it or something like that, but people don't actually get to know you in that way and they want to get to know you. So I, I think it's showing your face in stories in particular is an incredible way to initiate a conversation with people in general, (laughs) but also your ideal client and your current clients. I have so many clients now who are sending me photos of like the food that they're making, implementing the changes that we discuss in our calls through my stories. Like when I post what I'm having for lunch that day, they'll share that with me. And it really, it brings me so much joy. It fuels my ability to continue being, you know, as involved and enthusiastic as a coach as I am. And I also think it gives them something like to look forward to. It keeps them engaged in my program and it draws other people in who resonate with everything it is that you're offering. So show your face. Like it's, it's real. (laughs) Amazing. That's beyond helpful. I don't think a lot of people think about stories as an extension of their current offering for their clients that are enrolled, as well as obviously the added value for people who are not sure much about you, but now they can see what you're doing, get to know you. And that gives them some more access to your authentic self and understanding what they're signing on for, which is Mm -hmm. great, great advice. So for those of the list, those listeners out there 
who are struggling and they're kind of like, I'm still searching to find my authentic self. I still don't know who I want to work with. Like, what advice would you give someone starting out? I would say what Libby told me, which is to start before you think you're ready and adapt as you go. Just do it. Another thing that I would say is let the creativity flow. Be a creative entrepreneur. Find new ways of offering something that hasn't been done before. And if you don't want to do that, that's also cool. (laughs) I think that by integrating who you are as a person, your coaching style, your communication style, your nutrition philosophies, that automatically is a demonstration of your creativity. And then the taking that to the next level is formulating a new way for clients to receive what it is that you're offering. So we've discussed, you know, like offering scholarships so that people who might say, think that your standard price point is a little out of reach, don't feel like your program is not meant for them. I think that kind of thing is really important. Or if you're um, leading group programs, offering those pro bono slots, one or two pro bono slots, I think is a really important thing to make sure that you're kind of practicing what you preach when it comes to wanting to create an inclusive practice that helps people achieve their goals and you still can achieve your sales goals doing that. You absolutely can. So don't put yourself in a box. Reimagine the way that you want your business to look and take the steps that you need to make that a reality. Awesome. I love that tidbit of adapt as you go. So many people just think it needs to be ready and you just got to put it out there and change it as the changes become necessary. Awesome advice. Thank you for that. So with that in mind, uh, what's next in your business? I want to learn that before we hop off. So I'm thinking the next thing that I'm going to do is maybe extend my program out from six weeks to 12 weeks so that I can build even a little bit more curriculum into it and offer that as a group program instead of as an individual, because I, I think there's so much value in having clients be able to engage with one another about certain topics that we're going over in the program. So I think that's the next place that I'm going to go, a 12-week small group program geared towards helping their gut issues while maintaining the joy and culture of food. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Aiten. It's been a pleasure talking to you and learning about your amazing business, and I'm wishing you much success. Thank you. Thank you, y'all. Always a pleasure. Bye. Bye. If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at libbyrothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.